Welcome to the Savvy Podcasting for Entrepreneurs podcast, a place for podcasters to learn what's actually working in the world of podcasting and how to use their podcast to generate consistent leads in their business. I'm your host, Jenny, and I'm so excited you're here. Hey, Savvies. Welcome back to another episode of Savvy Podcasting for Entrepreneurs. Today, I'm chatting with Kelly Glover of The Talent Squad. Kelly Glover books podcast tours for entrepreneurs so that they can build brand equity. As the founder of The Talent Squad, Kelly is driven by the core belief that your personal brand is your most valuable asset. Kelly is a natural energizer obsessed with booking podcast interviews for her clients, enabling them to deliver incredible value to audiences, build relationships with hosts, and increase credibility, authority, visibility, and influence. In 2007, Kelly released her first podcast, but it wasn't until 2014 that she finally made the transition from commercial radio host to podcast guest booking agent. Then in 2017, Kelly was faced with a Jerry Maguire moment, and with just a single client and one team member launched her podcast guest booking agency, The Talent Squad. Kelly splits her time between LA, New York, and Sydney. So I'm super stoked to have Kelly here today chatting all about how to pitch yourself to podcast guests as a podcast guest and really just standing out among the sea of applicants. So let's dive right in. Hi, Kelly. Welcome to the show. I'm super excited you're here. So before we dive in the episode, tell us a little bit about yourself and your business and just how you got started with what you're currently doing. Sure. So yes, I'm Kelly Glover and I am the founder of the Talent Squad, which is a podcast guest booking agency. So we book podcast tours for entrepreneurs and authors. And you may notice from my accent that I'm actually Australian, but I went to college in Ohio, believe it or not, in Athens, Ohio, Ohio University. And I've got a 19 year, um, career history in media and entertainment. So I started out interviewing celebrities on the red carpets in Hollywood and I worked for a talent agency, ended up hosting a syndicated radio show and then started podcasting in 2007. So I've been in podcasting for about 13 years now um, and started my agency in 2017. So yeah, so I've been in radio, media, entertainment and podcasting for 13 to 20 years. Well, you are definitely an OG podcaster. That's for sure. I mean, I feel like most people probably just started listening to podcasts in the last like three years, at least from people that I know in real life. Um, most people haven't been listening to them for that long. So yeah, well, when I started, it was radio and you pulled your radio show off the logger, cut out all the songs, all the music, all the commercials, and it was just the talking bits of the radio show. Love. So it wasn't even a real, and it would take hours and hours, like three hours to make that little podcast and now you can just pop open a microphone record and you got a podcast up so it's pretty amazing yeah yeah it's crazy how things have changed but it's it's really interesting and you know it's one of those things that I, I like to mention this here like I never would have thought that I would have listened to podcasts because like a couple of years ago before I, so I think my my first podcast was actually serial that I listened to but before that I was like what is this app on my phone why won't I why can't I delete it Apple is just making me have this stupid app on my phone <laughs> and now I'm like why did I even think that I wanted to delete this app I love it so much 
much now. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, it used to be old middle-aged dudes under a blanket talking to themselves. Right. That's what people thought podcasts were, talking about boring stuff for hours and hours. And now it's absolutely amazing. And you can learn as much from a podcast as you can at university, which is pretty awesome. Yeah, I agree with that. But yeah, cool. So um, let's get, just dive right in. So you obviously know a lot about being a podcast guest and things like that, but why do you think that being a guest on podcasts is so beneficial for people? So I equate it to being a guest at someone else's party instead of throwing your own. All you have to do is show up, dress up, have a great time and leave. And the host is the one that has to do all the catering and clean up after you've gone. So they're waking up the next day doing the washing up. You're waking up the next day, living your life, talking about how great was that awesome party that I went to. So I think that's the difference between being a host and a guest. Now, if you have your own show, you get to pick who comes and you get to pick what food you have at the party, right? That's pretty amazing. Um, And everyone's talking about you, which is great. So they're the different sides of if you want to be a guest or if you want to host and then bringing it back to podcasting, why would you want to be a guest? Well, you're positioned as an expert. You've got authority. You've got credibility. You're known. It improves your reputation. It improves your influence. Um, It amplifies your message. So you're getting it out to the people and it is strengthening your personal brand. So that's just a few. There's so many. And as we were talking about going on someone else's show, well, you're already accessing their audience that they've spent years creating and it's going to be in a niche and established audience and um, area. So they're already engaged. So that's pretty amazing. Not to mention the relationship you have with the host. I I could go on and on about all the amazing things. I'll keep it to those, which is um, expert status, audience exposure and access and relationships with the host. And I love the party analogy because that is really true. Like you literally just show up, share your expertise. And then, you know, when the episode goes live, then you do your guesting duty by sharing the podcast episode. Typically, um, a lot of people tend to skip that step from what I found as a host. And it's kind of sad, but you know, you can't really expect everyone to share things, but yeah, I love that analogy. That's really great. And those are definitely key reasons to be guest on a podcast and not just host your own. I think there's benefits to having a podcast and there's benefits to guesting. And I think it's something that, you know, you can benefit from both sides of things. Cause I know as a host, I've gotten a lot of collaboration opportunities because of my guests, but then also as a guest, I've also gotten the same kind of collaboration opportunities as well. So Well, it's being a driver or being a passenger and you go to the same destination. So I think there's, yeah, there's benefits to both and one is not better than the other. No, absolutely. Nope. Uh, it just depends on like what your preference is. Like if you want to just be a guest, that's totally fine. If you want to just be a host, that's totally fine. If you want to do both, then that's fine too. I mean, more power to you. I prefer doing both, but, um, it's really, really up to you and your time and you know, how much energy you can put into either one. So. Yeah. So what kind of ROI can we get from podcast interviews? I know there's like so many things that we can get from them, but what are some of the top things that we can get from being a guest on other people's podcasts? I think everything we spoke about just then is an ROI as well as time spent with the audience. 
So if, if you're talking about I, ROI in a monetary standpoint, podcasting is a positioning play. It's not advertising. It's not about going on a podcast and then after that podcast, X people are going to buy X product for X dollars. That's not what podcasting is. So the monetary ROI is a long-term play and you could go on a podcast, get that positioning. Someone could hear you. They could become a client. They could buy a product or sign up for a course, coaching program, buy your book, whatever it is. And that could be worth thousands of dollars. But but really the ROI is getting somebody on your list and into your ecosystem, into the pipeline, and then you need to nurture them. So I think if you think about it as a long play instead of a short play, if you think about it as relationship and getting them on your list into your ecosystem instead of just a monetary X amount of dollars for X person for X thing, it will change everything. And the ROI, again, is positioning you as an expert. And another thing can be media experience. You're getting used to saying your message. You're getting feedback from the host and or audience. You're figuring out what works. You're getting better and better and you're continuing. The ROI is up is all those in the old terms it's tear sheets like proof evidence i've been on this podcast that podcast that podcast that podcast so it's building your media appearance arsenal and refining and practicing your message also um the roi is seo if you're going on a show, they have show notes. So that's going to help you. That's going to help your searchability. If I go and look for some, I might not be looking for you by name or your business name, but I might find your expertise by being on a podcast, listen to you on someone else's podcast. And then, so I'm going to find you. And there's also those link backs, the ROIs link backs from show notes um, in the, in the, the podcast show notes of an episode that you've been on linking back to your website. So there's, it's, I think if you think about it more than dollars and instant action, it will change everything for you. Right. I agree with that. I think, I think that's a really good way to look at it. And like, sometimes I've seen a like, you know, I haven't seen any traction from podcast episodes that I've done. Sometimes I've seen like tons of leads. So it really is also going to depend on the podcast as well. Like not only how big the actual podcast is, but their listenership. Are their listeners action takers or are they just passively listening? Um, because some of the times it's been like, whoa, um, this podcast interview was like, such a game changer. I got all these leads and other times it's been like, okay, some people came in over to my podcast and became new subscribers, but like beyond that, nothing happened. I mean, there either way, there was some kind of transaction, um, whether they became a listener of my show or they actually wanted to work with me in some capacity. But I feel like it kind of is interesting to see like what shows end up actually bringing like leads in and what shows just bring in like more people into your audience in general. Yeah, but sometimes it can be delayed. So when you're talking about action takers, I might hear you on something, but I might not be looking for that right now. I might, but in two years time, I might be. So I might hear you here, hear you there, hear you there, hear you there, hear you there. So, or see you around like, oh yeah, there she is, there she is, there she is. And then it's in your memory. And then two years later, you know what? I remember listening to them on a podcast and seeing their thing and then going to the person. Um, And so I think about it as little it's almost like Hansel and Gretel and the little trail of crumbs because you know how when you see someone you just see them everywhere and you're like they must be really important because they're on all these shows or they're on all these blog posts and they're everywhere so it's having that omnipresence I always get that wrong omnipresence um around around the place and I could listen to a podcast in two years time Mm -hmm. and come that way right so yeah yeah 
it's not, and it's not an instantaneous thing. I, I always think of a, a podcast interview and podcast being visible on podcasts. That's a longer strategy than a lot of things and that's okay. And it really just depends on like what we're looking for right now. Are we wanting something instantaneous? Maybe podcast guesting might not be beneficial for us at this moment. Like it's good to do, but it's not going to bring in those instantaneous things. It's definitely yeah. a strategy for sure. If you want something instant and you want to be able to track, then you need something that has analytics that you have access to. And you can say, I want to reach someone 25 to 33 in Athens, Ohio, who's a woman who has two kids and this is how many people I want to reach. Right. And if that's what you're after, that's fine, but you're not going to get that from podcasts. No, no. And that's that's advertising marketing. It's not, um, it's not a positioning play. So you're right. It may not be for you. So as long as you're aware of what you want and what you can get from podcasts and or other mediums, then it's your decision to make. And um, as long as you go in with your eyes open and know what you're getting, it's fine. Exactly. So that kind of kind of flows into my next question. So what like what types of people do you think should add podcast guesting to their visibility strategy? I think, again, it comes down to what results you want. So who are you speaking to and what do you want them to do as a result of hearing you on a podcast? So the type of people, um, uh, well, the best thing is if you've got something that you can educate the audience on because podcast is really edutainment. And I know that word is dorky and I wish there was an alternative word because I really dislike it, but it could it could not be more accurate. It really is edutainment. So it's education, entertainment with practical information that you can teach someone something. And by the end of that episode, they're going to have learned something and have something to implement. So the best people that are podcast guests have um, can teach something, but also have practical examples and stories that the audience can learn from. So I think that's the best guess. If you're going in, it's not an infomercial. That's my main tip is it's not an infomercial for you to go in going, Hey, I've got this product service and or book, and I want to tell your audience about it. That's a commercial. You're actually there to teach and um, share your expertise with the audience and you need to go in there and leave it all on the table. It's not about, by the way, it's in my book or if you sign up to my course, you can get this. It's not. It's about expediting that know, like, and trust factor. So the audience, especially with audio, right now you're listening to me and you can hear the excitement in my voice. You can tell that I'm passionate about what I'm speaking about and what, and I absolutely believe in it. So if you're, if that's not you and you're just there in a boring interview and don't really care and are there to sell, people are going to smell that from a mile away and it's, it's not going to work in your favor. So I think that podcasts expedite the know, like, and trust factor. You're either right now loving me or you think I'm annoying, won't stop talking, dislike me and are repelled. But either way, you're going to learn something. And if I'm not for you, that's fine because I'm saving myself time. You're saving yourself time and you should go and find the person that you absolutely are obsessed with and love and want to work with. And so it's good for everyone. That's the thing about podcasting. And I'm just here for, you know, the time of the interview. That's it. But you can go really deep as opposed to a podcast, sorry, as a blog post or any other medium where you need to read the entire book or, or you just read a blog post and you might read the headline, might read a few titles, might skip through a few words. You get quite a lot of information in a short period of time. So I think as a medium, the audio with podcasting is a really good way to position yourself, get your show that you're a thought leader 
um, spend time with the audience and convey who you are so you attract the right people, repel the wrong people, and um, are able to really give. It's all about giving. Right. I agree. And I, and I think it's important to note that as a podcast guest, like obviously you don't need to be like crazy filled with energy to have a successful podcast interview, but you definitely need to be passionate about what you're talking about and you need to be able to articulate that over audio without like, you know, facial expressions. Cause some people do a lot better on video because they have their facial expressions and some people can excel on audio as well. So I think that's important too. Cause I, I mean, I've, definitely been on boring podcast interviews and it's not that person's fault. They're just aren't super dynamic over audio. They, you know, thrive elsewhere. So it's one of those things too. Yeah. Well, I think it is about picking the medium that you'd like. And if you are going to choose to be a podcast guest, one thing I recommend at the talent squad is to practice in private before you go public. So there's no excuse to be boring because you can practice at home. You don't have to go to a studio. It's not like, Oh, you can only practice on TV. If you're in the studio, all our laptops these days have all these amazing apps. You can turn it on, go for three minutes, write down a question, ask it to yourself and practice answering those questions. A lot of things that people, say to me as well is, oh, I'm an introvert. Well, you know what? Podcasting is the best way to promote yourself, your business, get your expertise out there if you're an introvert, because really it's one-on-one. It's you and the host. That's it. You don't have to look at the eyes of 500 people staring back at you in an audience or down the barrel of a camera on live TV or have a journalist speaking to you. It's you speaking to one person, which is the host. And so that's one-on-one. Also, when you're doing podcast interviews, like I worry sometimes, well, actually not so much now, but I used to worry that I'm going to forget what I'm saying. I'm not going to have the talking points. Guess what? If you're doing a podcast interview, you can have that Google Doc open next to you and have those cheat notes. Um, I have it right now. I have it open right now. I've done lots of interviews. I absolutely know what I'm talking about, but I feel comfortable having that safety net there and it just makes me feel better. So Mm -hmm. I rarely even look at it, but just knowing it there, it's there makes me comfortable. So podcasting is a great vehicle for people that are introverts that maybe feel a bit nervous because there's all these extra safety nets there and we've all got the technology to do it. You don't need a giant expensive setup anymore. It's really easy to do. I do suggest having a mic and headphones, but you can get that for less than a hundred dollars. Right. To me, I equate that with, would you show up to a job interview wearing a pair of shorts, flip flaps and a singlet top? No. So you wouldn't show up to an interview without a microphone or headphones because all you have most of the time is the audio. So you want to sound good. So that includes practicing and then having an ATR 2100 USB mic. It's now USB-C with the USC with a different, um, a different connector, but you can plug it into your computer is what I'm saying. Yeah. And if you want to move up to like fancy pants, thousands of dollars home studio, Oh my God, amazing. I'm jealous of you. If not, you want to stick to less than a hundred bucks, go nuts, do it. You can sound good and absolutely nail it. Yeah, you're so right. And I am actually an introvert myself and I was so scared to start my podcast at first, but honestly, it's been such a great like 
change of pace for me because now I feel way more confident in like every aspect of business. And I've talked about this a million times before on the show, but I think it's a great thing for introverts, guesting and hosting, because you're able to build this skill set that you never felt confident in before. Like public speaking is not my jam, but this is so much more low key and less pressure, um, especially being a guest, because like you said, you're not standing in front of a crowd of five, 500 to 5,000 people. You're just talking one-on-one with someone on the mic. Things can be edited out. It's not anything crazy. You don't have to like show up like, you know, without notes, you can have notes on your computer open. So I think, I think it's definitely a good place for introverts and extroverts alike for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's about reaching niche audiences. Something else that I find a lot with people that come to work with the talent squad is I want to be on the Tim Ferriss podcast, the biggest, the best, Mark Marin, you know, all yeah. these shows, but are they your ideal audience? If you're talking to people that are interested in homeschool, are they really listening to the Tim Ferriss show? Probably mm-hmm. not. I'd rather be on a podcast talking to homeschoolers um, and that's 500 people because guess what? If you were going to travel and speak to an audience, if 500 people showed up to your presentation in that room when you were doing a live speech, you would be ecstatic. Right. And the thing about podcasts is they're talking to you. They're doing that presentation when you're not there. So again, we're talking about two years later, someone can listen to that from Sydney, Australia, from New York, from Ohio, from London, from wherever. They don't have to be in Los Angeles at two o'clock on a Tuesday in the room seeing that presentation. That's the value of podcasts. So don't discount the smaller podcasts because those audiences are following that host for a reason. They're engaged. And by you being a guest on that podcast, guess what? You're a warm lead. So -hmm. the audience already trusts you because the host says, yep, I'm having Kelly on the show. I've handpicked her. I've only got 52 spots a year. She's one of the 52 and she's worth listening to guys. So that is huge. It's the same as getting introduced to somebody for a date from a friend, as opposed to going on a dating app and just like looking for some random person. That's the difference. Right. I agree with that so much because I feel like sometimes people get so like wound up in the numbers and they're like, I only want to be on podcasts that have this many downloads or this many things, but like sometimes the more niche down audiences and actually not even sometimes most of the time, those are the people who are so much more dedicated than the people that are listening to the really big podcasters. Like when you have that niche audience, for some reason, I feel like a lot of the time they're just so loyal and so dedicated and they're more likely to take action, you know? Yeah. It's like saying I will marry Brad Pitt or no one. (laughs) Okay. Good luck with that. You know what I mean? Stay single forever. It ain't going to happen. So that's the pretty much, you know, that's the difference. Right. Right. Yeah. And I think, I think it's, it's, it's about the quality obviously, but like the quantity is important too. So if you're able to get on podcasts that are smaller at first, then that's perfectly fine. You don't need to shoot for the stars at the very beginning, because if you do that, then you're going to be kind of disappointed because if you don't have any clout in that situation yet. Like you've never been on any podcast and you're reaching out to podcasts with millions and millions of downloads and years and years of years of, you know, um, episodes, then it's going to be a little harder to get on those shows for sure. 
And does your name fit with the lineup? If Oprah was the last person on that show and Richard Branson, does your name fit in with that lineup? Mine certainly doesn't. So I kind of have no business. Doesn't mean I don't want to be on that show or whatever the show is one day, but I'm not there at this stage. So sort of knowing where you fit in the ecosystem, having a goal is perfectly fine. Totally. But but just I'd rather get runs on the board before I even got to that point. So knowing that practicing your message, getting your interview skills right, getting it fine is really, really, really important. And you will quickly learn what hits, what doesn't hit, what's a good topic, what no one's interested in. And it is, it is a skill. Being interviewed is a skill. Are you getting your keywords in there? Are you answering the questions succinctly? Can you see the host start looking off into the distance? Are people responding to you? So there's a lot of information you can get from being a podcast guest. And it also points out what you know and what you don't know very quickly. Yeah, I I agree with that 100%. So how, what are some tips that you have for being a great podcast guest? I mean, obviously to get on the podcast, even in the first place, you have to have a great pitch, but like beyond that, what are some things that we can do to prove ourselves as a great guest and, you know, have people that we've been on their podcasts be like, oh, you should have this person on your podcast too, because they're amazing guests and they have so, so much value to offer. Yeah. So there's a couple of things I was saying by getting the keywords in there, answering the questions, having great energy, being prepared, having listened to the episode before, knowing who the audience is, offering all the value that you can offer and just be really give open your whole heart and give everything that you've got. And then we're talking about, um, like you said, promoting the episode after. So that involves getting it on your social media, telling people about it. It doesn't need just to be in social media though and sharing the episode. It can be maybe you do get on a stage and you reference that podcast interview in a speech that you do. You can put it on your email signature. You can create a post out of it. So it's sharing the original content, but then also repurposing that content and helping the host in different ways. You can leave a review on the host. You can leave a book review on the host. You can engage in the community. You can tell other people about the show. There's any number of ways you can do it. There's no fixed way. And it's not all the day after the episode either. If you just do one post, and I know that you were saying you were disappointed before, but sometimes you don't want to just do a million. People need to look after their own audiences as well as guests. And I understand that, especially if you're doing multiple shows. So sometimes it is seeding out the guest appearance on that show over time, instead of just doing a big onslaught to your audience everywhere. If I was on this show, here's 20 million things. (laughs) You could do one this week, one next week. One You can do it consistently because people are on different platforms in different ways. And maybe this is a quote here with a picture of the host on Instagram. Maybe here it is as an article on LinkedIn. Maybe it's a share of the original content here on Facebook. Maybe it's a mention in the newsletter. So it's all different things. And it's not just the day of the show coming out. It's ongoing. Yeah, I agree. And I think that's a really good way to continue that relationship with that person. Cause if you're continuing to share them and support them and anyway, I mean, even if you're just like, um, commenting on their social media or just further engaging with them, just helping them like 
you know, becoming an affiliate for their program or, you know, things like that, you can definitely help them out in other ways and continue to support them and keep that relationship. I know for me personally, I've had people that were on my show that we ended up collaborating later in the future um, in some way, shape or form, whether it was with the summit or I was on their show after the fact, or, you know, we did some other type of collaboration with a bundle or something. So there's so many different ways to continue building off of that one podcast interview. And I think it's important to note because a lot of people think it's just like, all right, I did this podcast, I shared it and we're done, but that's not how it is. Yeah. I would highly advise putting it into your social queue once it goes live, because then it is set and forget to a point and you know, okay, it's in there. It's going to roll out. I don't need to do anything more like, you know, that it's in there, but then actively as well. So it's a bit of auto plus active. I would say it's both. Yeah, I think that's important too. And I feel like these days everyone has like a social media scheduler to some extent. So why not use that? Right. So cool. So what is one piece of advice that you'd give to anyone who's looking to start becoming a guest on podcasts, but they just are overwhelmed and they just have no idea where to even start? I would say get your systems and processes in place for tracking. It sounds really basic and that it has nothing to do with it. But once you start thinking, okay, well, I want to do this, you can start putting housing the shows that you'd like to pitch in one spot. And also you might forget who you've pitched. You might think, I don't know about you. I always answer emails in my brain and forget to do it sometimes. So it's a bit like that with podcast. You think, okay, did I pitch them? Did I just hear it? Did I write it down? Like, what is that? Um, So start paying attention and have a little home to put the shows that you want to pitch and also that you have pitched and then follow up because you could find a show, vet a show, pitch a show, and then you can't, don't just rely on one email. You need to follow up process. Um, And then also a tracking once you've done the interview as well. So systems, processes, and start paying attention. It's a bit like you buy a yellow car, you see a yellow car everywhere. Mm -hmm. So you want to be a guest on podcast, you'll start thinking, okay, well, where's this person? That person's a competitor or in my, similar to me, where are they going? Well, you don't want to just follow them around because they've already been there. Mm -hmm. Or if they have been on another show, okay, well, they're talking about yellow cars. I want to come and talk about green cars. Or they're talking about yellow cars. I'm just using a most basic example, obviously. They're talking about yellow cars. I want to talk about hubcaps. So Mm -hmm. is it complimentary? Is it an opposing view? You already know that that podcast is speaking about cars and yellow cars specifically. So have you got something to add, something that's different? Um, What can you give to the host? as far as your pitch and or content that is not the same thing because guess what they've already covered that they don't want the same thing they want something else so you're not only can people competing with current pitches you're also competing with the entire back catalog and if someone's got 177 episodes you're still competing against episode one that was you know three years ago right so understanding the host, the medium, the other guests and your content. There's a lot of moving parts. There really is. There is. is. So is it rocket science? No, it's not. Is that a lot of work? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. And I want to touch on two things that you said. So the follow-up, the art of the follow-up is so key because I can't tell you how many times I've pitched myself and the second time and got no response. But when I followed up is when I finally booked it. And that's the case for a lot of things because people's inboxes are busy. Inboxes eat stuff all the time. I mean, not, not really, but you know, inboxes are so busy. It's like, it goes to the second page in like one second for some people. Oh, like like I said, 
I answer emails in my brain all the time. Oh, me too. Especially like I'm in Australia right now and I look at my email when I'm seemingly asleep in the middle of the night, right. answer the question in my sleep, wake up and forget that I've even looked at it <laughs> or think that I've done it. So I don't know about you and you're right. You get to go from zero to 200 emails pretty quickly. Yeah. So again, that's systems and processes and different things. Yeah. But if you're waking up in the middle of the night, reading and answering emails when you know you shouldn't, like we all know, um, that is going to get on top of you. So yeah, just knowing that as well right. and, and doing, and doing the follow up. I call it professionally persistent. Yeah. I love that. You don't and have I, to be rude, but you do have to be a bit yeah. of a go-getter. Yeah. You have, you have to follow up. You can't just like only say something once because chances are people aren't going to respond or they're going to forget or they're responding in their head or whatever. And the other thing I wanted to touch on is the fact that you talked about complimenting previous topics. So like, like you said, you don't want to follow your competitor around and talk about the exact same things, but say they talked about how to pitch a podcast 101 and had some kind of a general pitching podcast type of topic. You could follow up with like something that is similar, but not exactly the same thing. And then kind of like say like, oh, in this episode, your guest touched on X, Y, Z. And I'd kind of like to spin it this way and kind of dive deeper into this point or whatever. And you have to just prove that you listen to that person's show. There's nothing more that podcast hosts hate than getting pitches from people who clearly have never even listened to a second of their show. Let me tell you something. I used to be a plus size blogger. I had a podcast called Big Curvy Love and I was 335 pounds. I've since lost 200 pounds and that I haven't done an episode in probably four years. I still get pitched for that show. One, it hasn't had episodes in years. Two, I'm now 130 pounds. <laughs> um, and, and three, if you're pitching me about business content and podcasts and and accounting or something that's actually got nothing to do with being plus size. So you haven't listened to the content. You haven't seen that it's not no longer in um, production. You haven't paid attention. So most of the time I will just send a polite email, but sometimes if I'm feeling a bit jiggy, I'll say, (laughs) awesome. How much weight have you lost? (laughs) And then they sort of, you know, if I'm being a little bit cheeky and then they were, and I said, yeah, actually, or, yeah, a few things. So you need to, and the thing is, it's actually, I'm joking around quite a bit, but it's, it actually damages your personal brand because I pay attention of that, especially in my business. And I will look, and especially if it's an agency or a third party and it's not the person, I will be, you're not doing your job. You haven't listened to the show. You have no idea what the content is. You don't even know that it hasn't had an episode published. So therefore you've damaged your brand and the person that you're representing because now whatever you're doing, I don't trust you because guess what? I know that you're not doing your job and you're paying zero attention. So whatever you're doing in your business, you're not going to be doing very well because you don't even look at the basics. (laughs) So not only have you not gotten pitched, but you're now on my blacklist and I'm not going to refer you to anyone for whatever your business does and I'm now like paying attention to who are you so I can stay away from you so again I'm a podcast agency and in media and a different beast than most people and they wouldn't go to that extent and I'm very interested and work a lot with people on personal branding and developing brands and you don't realize you think oh, I'm just pitching shows I'm just sending a pitch out but you don't realize that the damage that you're doing and that's why it's important to do it right 
I agree. I agree. And I've gotten some really bad pitches myself. And, you know, usually I just like kind of hit delete and just ignore it. I'm like, whatever. Yeah. Most of the time you do. But then sometimes like if you get that one that's number 25 and you've received it on the same day and you happen to be number 25 on the same day. Sorry, person. You you might get a cheeky response or you get me (laughs) to the blacklist spreadsheet. I've been there Um, too. Yeah. Yeah. And, and to me, I'm usually pretty good about people who are like just regular, like someone's assistant is pitching them or something. Oh, or- I'll usually educate and I'll be like, actually, there's not been a show. Right. right. I'll usually but, educate, but, but like one out of 50, one out of a hundred will get a cheeky response. Right. I won't blast anyone, but right. you might get a, how much weight have you lost? Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, like it's the only time that I think I've done that a couple of times. And the only time it's ever been, it's been with like those, yeah. Uh, pitching agencies, which I've gotten pitches from you guys before and you guys are great. Obviously you were pitched to me <laughs> in my inbox and I accepted yeah. it, but I've gotten pitches from other podcast pitching companies and I'm like, Oh my God, did you even look and see what I even do? Like, this is so not relevant. Like this is kind of embarrassing. And those are the ones that I'm like, no, people are paying you so much money and you are really just Going yeah. like this. <laughs> and, and that's bad for branding because then guess what? The next time it's all about your brand. It's all about that brand equity. And if I see your name in, come up in the inbox and you've sent me a bad pitch before, I'm not even right. going to open it. Right. <laughs> that's the thing about pitching podcasts. It, it's a struggle to even get your email opened, let alone get vetted and let alone get the yes. You know what I mean? So if you don't have a great subject line or if your name says, it doesn't pay attention, your email won't get opened forget considered it won't even get opened right yeah yeah people just need to be a lot better about that i mean it's just it's not that hard (laughs) yeah and speaking about personal brand that's an element that again i've been doing this for a long time so there's lots of learning over that period of time and people say hey i want to get booked on podcasts that's about step six you really need to go back to the beginning and look at your personal brand and because again the the word personal brand a lot of people think uh instagram oh it's so self-serving it's about selfies no (laughs) everyone has one it's about perception and what is um jeff bezos from Amazon says your personal brand is what people say about you when you're not in the room. So if you replace that with reputation, everyone's got one. You're either actively controlling the narrative and paying attention to what you're putting out there, or you're not in control of it and you're accepting the default and just rolling along with it. So it's, there's who you think you are, who you say you are, who you actually are and how people perceive you. It's really important with personal brand and it's really important with congruency because if your Facebook is different to your Instagram and your messaging is different to your images and then it doesn't look professional and and then you come on and your website looks really scientific, nerd burger, genius, and then you come on sounding like the dude down the road who's a skater (laughs) and that's not going to work. So you need to have all those pieces in place and you may have the best personal brand ever, but you only post once a year. Or you may have the best personal brand ever and be on message and have all those ducks in a row, but you're on Pinterest when you should be on LinkedIn. So having that in place early on and being consistent is hugely important. And I would have that before you even send a single pitch. Right. I agree. I agree. It's really important. And a lot of people are like, especially right now at we're recording this during like 
you know, the quarantine and all that crazy stuff. It's not going to go live during this time, but yeah, it's, we're recording this during that. And I feel like my inbox has increased in pitches because people have more time, but then you go and look at their website and you're like, Ooh, like, yeah, because if, you <laughs> if you've got the if you've got the name recognition, you get opened. If you've got the um, great subject line, you get opened. Great, and then you've got to get the first few lines in there instead of hey, I've got a book I want to come on your podcast, which is a by the way, so what? Who cares? You need to flip that and talk about the audience and what value you're bringing, and talk about everything we've spoken about. Right. Say you get through, unlock the first door, unlock the second door, unlock the third door. Great. The host then goes, okay, well, I'm actually considering Kelly. Let me have a whip around and look, which well, producers will do. You're not going to get a yes on the one sheet or on the media kit or on anything we've said so far. So they're going to look at your website, your Facebook, your LinkedIn, your Instagram, listen to previous episodes. And that's the vetting process. That's where you get the yes. Right. So if those, like you said, aren't in place and it looks a bit unprofessional there's no excuse for that Mm -hmm. these days then or if you do a bad interview or if you have bad audio gear um you're not going to get the yes and the sad thing is you've done all that upfront work in finding the podcast writing the pitch doing it like you've still put work into that so to get to that point and be a door slammed in your face that's because of something that you've done is a bit I feel sad for you because you have put a lot of work into other areas so it is having all that in place and personal brand get it in order absolutely huge again and the thing is it's things you know mm-hmm. it's things you know so it's not hard it's just time consuming and doing all the things right totally yep yep for sure it's definitely important and like you said um pitching should be step six not step one <laughs> yeah and it's it's about and people will say i want to build a personal brand i want to create a personal brand you've already got one yeah. It's actually not building something and making something up. It's unpacking who you are, identifying who you are and getting all those elements in place and reflecting it. Yeah. And again, this is only through the work that I've done at the talent squad. Um, and again, losing 200 pounds going, well, who am I? What's my audience? Everything's changed that I've realized this. Yeah. So, yeah. and that's why yeah. I'm sharing it. It's a big learning. It's taken me years yeah. to learn. So I want to help you. Yeah. Yeah. It's not an overnight yeah. thing. We're constantly learning and growing and adapting and, you know, you don't have, need to have everything in, in place overnight, but you also want to be constantly working on yeah. it and not, you know, just procrastinating and then. Yeah. You- <laughs> Identify, unpack and reflect. That's where, you, that's where the gold is. Love it. And then lastly, uh, since, you know, it's a podcast about podcasting, uh, I'd like to ask what your current podcast is like your favorite, if any, like, do you have anything that you've just been listening to a lot lately or no? I cannot go past my favorite podcast being how I built this. Ah, It's my guy, Roz. It's all mostly famous companies that we all know and love and use on a daily basis. And it's their story of how they built the company, the struggles that they've been through. So not only is it that unpacking, it's also the, you're familiar with it. You know how it works and looking inside the machine and knowing that something started in a different way and everyone's been through the struggle and it's not just you. So I find it informational, inspiring, and a bit nosy. Yeah. Yeah. Everything that I love. Yeah. No, they have some really good episodes. I know some of my favorites have been like, they did Kate Spade a couple years ago. Yes. Dry bar was interesting. Yes. 
Yeah. So there's definitely, there's something for everyone there too. It's not just like all like girl stuff or all guy stuff. It's like a mix, a good mix of like different industries. So definitely check it Absolutely. out. It. And then yeah. lastly, just let us know where we can find you. So your website, your social media channels, all that good stuff. So the best place to get me is kellyglover.com. And that is K-E-L-L-Y-G-L-O-V-E-R.com. Everything that you need is there. And if you want to see what I look like, which this is a thing I kind of love about podcasts a little bit, imagine what you think I look like, then go to the website and have a look at the photo. That's just a game (laughs) I like playing if I don't know the person. I like gamification. So what do you, do you think I'm tall? Do you think, we already know that I've lost 200 pounds. So if you want to see a before and after picture of that, you should go to kellyglover.com. So make (laughs) make a game out of it. Why not? Oh man. Yeah, no, it's always fun. Uh, My husband edits my podcasts and like a couple of my clients podcasts and he's always like listening to the guest and he's like picturing what they look like. And then like, if I know what they look like, I'll be like, Oh, here's what this person looks like. Do you think, is that what you thought based on their voice? And he's like, no, not at all. Yeah. You have to get, you have to guess. The trick is to guess first. So even just like write down three things. I think she's blonde. I think she's got brown. I think she's so tall. I think she's yeah. short. Whatever it is, write it down. And then, um, yeah, it's just a little game. Whatever. Yeah. It's fun. It is fun. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here and I'll make sure to link everything in the show notes so you guys can go check Kelly out. Absolutely. Thank you for being an excellent host and well-prepared and it's been an absolute pleasure to go through the process with you. So I love a podcast every time and yeah, thank you. Thank you for what you do. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. You can find all the details from this episode by going to www.savvypodcastingforentrepreneurs.com slash episode dash 167. See you in the next episode. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast player like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Stitcher and leave a review. You can find us at savvypodcastingforentrepreneurs.com and on Facebook at Savvy Podcasting for Entrepreneurs and Instagram at Savvy Podcasting. Make sure to join our free Facebook community for podcasters by going to savvypodcastingforentrepreneurs.com slash community and join in on the exclusive community just for Savvy Podcasting for Entrepreneurs listeners. I'll see you there.